The web's Michael Smith. It's episode 147 of the Canes cast, and you know what? What's that? I think we need to get defensive. Just rocking out to that sweet, sweet theme song. Absolutely. All we need are a couple of Storm Brews. Hey, there it is. Storm Brew. It's the official beer of the Carolina Hurricanes and the proud sponsor of Canes Cast. Just 97 calories and 2.4 carbs per serving. It's the perfect brew for all occasions. Absolutely. And you can pick it up at any of your favorite grocery stores. You can pick it up at Costco. And if they don't have it, ask for it by name. And they can get it to you. Thanks to our good friends at R&D Brewing, of course. Storm Brew, the official beer of the Carolina Hurricanes and Canes Cast. Cheers. Thank you. Absolutely. We're going to, I'm debating whether or not we have an outtake section. Because I was struggling to get the intro of this show going today. Yeah, it took us a couple minutes. Well, me. You were fine. <laughs> you had to sit through it. I, I feel bad for you. Oh, it's okay. It's a team effort here. But it is. And speaking of team efforts, Ooh. the Carolina Hurricanes, Michael, have gone out and they're going to avoid arbitration pretty much at all costs. And that's a good thing for the players, for the organization, for all involved uh, two big signings the past week that people wanted to know when deals were going to get done. Well, a deal got done for defenseman Hayden Fleury two years at $1.3 million per season. And just the other day, Warren Fogle gets his deal, avoiding arbitration, a one-year deal at about $2.15 million. And the Carolina Hurricanes roster looks pretty much set for whenever the upcoming season is going to drop the puck. Yeah, it's. Um, I think when you look at the off-season to-do list, uh, maybe not the wish list, but at least the to-do, the to-do list. list. Yeah. Um, the Hurricanes have have basically crossed off all the all the items on the list, save for a couple of depth depth defensemen, uh, restricted free agents. But they avoid arbitration with with all four players who elected arbitration. Um, they have re-signed the bulk of their RFAs that 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 they qualified. Um, brought back uh, an unrestricted free agent in Max McCormick, who was in the organization and was actually in the Toronto bubble with the team as well. Uh, so yeah, when you look at the lineup, it's you know barring another signing, which to me doesn't seem likely because of the slim amount of cap space available, or a trade to perhaps open up some cap space or you know, bring in another piece if if you're moving some money out. I think that the team's about set. And when you look at the the roster, it's it's very similar to what you saw a few months ago. And I and I think, um, you know, like we talked about with Rod Brindamore last week, I, I don't think that's a bad thing. No, neither do I. This is the team. They know what it is going forward. I don't think that there are any more big splashes to be made outside of a trade, which is what you said. And now when you're talking about teams that are looking for cap relief, it's hard to do trades where a big name is is involved and your team doesn't take on salary or move out big salary the other way. And, you know, we've talked about this before as this is the 147th episode of Kane's Cast, Michael, that one of the things that I think has made fans a little spoiled or think that things work a different way, all the fine video games out there where if you get a player you don't want anymore or you want a different player, you just move them and it happens. Well, doesn't work like that in real life. There's a lot more behind the scenes that has to go down just to say, oh, I, I want to clear up some cap space. 
So I'm going to dump this contract for a team that's got a really good player on a small contract. It doesn't work that way. And there's not a pandemic either in a video game that then forces the league into a flat cap for a couple of seasons. You know, it, uh, it was projected that yeah. the cap was going to increase as it has the last few seasons. Uh, obviously, with the pandemic and, and league-wide revenues affected, that's not the case. And then there's even the 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 revenue uh, for on a team basis. Yep. Uh, when you look around the league, teams are um, maybe operating on on smaller than normal budgets just because um, you know their revenue was was suddenly just cut short in March, and you haven't had any yet. It remains to be seen what sort of revenue is going to be generated next year, but it's a completely different landscape uh, that nobody could have foreseen even ten months ago. And one of the topics I think I have avoided the majority of, of this year's edition of the Canes cast, when people asking about the expansion with Seattle, yeah. well, that's a factor in all of this now too, yeah. of bringing in contracts. What kind of contract do you bring in? Who do you move out? What do you do with draft picks? All of a sudden, everything that's capital or a chip that you can play becomes a little bit more valuable this year. But the Canes, I think they did a, a smart job mm-hmm. re-signing Hayden Flurry for two years. Uh, he's going to join us a little bit later on. Uh, in the podcast, probably not uh, that long from from us saying this, but you bring in a guy who, look at how he played the last 20, 25 games of the season. And then in the playoffs, I think he showed that he is, he's is he got another level to get to, and, he, and he's getting there. Yeah. Uh, and they always say it, defensemen, it takes a while longer for some of them to, to figure it out. Looks like he's figuring it out, so we'll talk with him about it. But the other thing that goes on when we talk about moves to be made if you think you've got the group, you don't want to tinker big time. Like that's one of the things that I, I, I've always joked about. One of the oldest sayings used to be, "This team is two players away from winning a Stanley Cup." Wayne Gretzky and Mark Messier, and that was when they were in their prime. You know, it's no kidding. Or Wayne Gretzky and Mario Lemieux. However, you wanted to, to work that to be. Now you could say Connor McDavid and Sidney Crosby. Well, I don't even know if you can say Connor McDavid hasn't won a Stanley Cup yet. Well, that's, so that's true. But he is the best player in the He's game. So I don't because you could say Connor McDavid and Leon Drysaddle. Oh, they have that in Edmonton. They do. So but it's not much else. It's a little bit. It's a little bit trickier than that now. But if you think you have the core group, and Rod Brindamore did address this, yeah. you you look to add compliments. And if you bring in a big name or make that splash, sometimes that that upsets the apple cart. And I love what the Canes did with the Jesper Faust signing. That's one of those under-the-radar deals that, you know, isn't going to lead any kind of sports website or anybody. It's I don't think that it it tantalizes a fan base when you see Jesper Faust and then there's other big names that are getting signed or are moving around the board. But that's a guy who comes in. It fits perfectly, and Rod Brindamore and the coaching staff know how to move him around the chessboard and what that does for other players and what it does for their roster. Yeah, I don't know if I'm overthinking this, and maybe I am. Uh, I'll tell you if you are. Okay. Rod Brindamore mentioned last week that uh, the feeling around the team and in the room was a little off at the beginning of the 2019-2020 season. And, you know, for whatever reason that was. Uh, so the Hurricanes in this offseason, in this weird, strange, abnormal offseason, made just a slight tweak to their roster. For the most part, they're bringing back everyone who was on the team last year. Um, even though they they might have lost a couple pieces and, 
and Trevor Van Riemsdyk, Justin Williams, Sammy Vatnin. But maybe that's an advantage for the Hurricanes because you're going into a season that is likely going to be shorter, more uh, abbreviated, not a full 82-game schedule. Um, it's going to be compressed in a, we'll say, six, seven-month timeline. So you're not going to be afforded the... Uh, you you can't afford to get off to a slow start in January or February or whenever it is. You kind of have to hit the ground running right away. And for the Hurricanes to have to bring back basically the locker room that they had just a few months ago in Toronto, I think will be a benefit for the team because there's not much learning that has to be. There's not much teaching. There's not much gelling that's going to have to happen. They're already very familiar with each other. And so maybe... Uh, just uh, tweaking the roster ever so slightly um, was a, a, a good calculated move for the Hurricanes to make just because of of circumstance. Yeah, and when people are talking about, well, they need more of, and the one place that I think we can go to, if we're being honest, is scoring. Yeah. They've got two guys who were below their average last year who they're counting on to come up to that average, and I'm referring to Nino Niederreiter, and Ryan Dezingle. If one of those two players comes up to their average, the Canes all of a sudden have that score, and they didn't have to sacrifice anything on the roster or as far as future assets to get that. And we'll see how they fit in. And for Ryan Dezingle, remember, that was his third team in less than 12 months Yeah, to and, try to come in and fit in with. And t- when you look at his, his shooting percentage from this year, it was only 8.2%. That's way below what it's likely going to be moving forward. Because if you look historically, 13.04, So you're looking at at least, I would think, four or five points uh, in terms of his shooting percentage is going to increase. That's going to increase his, his goal output. Uh, so he, he just scored eight goals last season in 64 games. But He's a 20-goal scorer, and I think uh, when that shooting percentage goes up, which I think you're likely to see this year, uh, I, I would categorize that 8.2 as, as, uh, as an outlier in terms of uh, what his typical shooting percentage should be. So he can be a 20-goal scorer, and if, if that's the case, if he, can be, if he can chip in 20 alongside Vincent Trocek and Martin Natchez, who you know uh, the team kind of expects to, to, again, take another step in his, yep. his sophomore season, I think there there could be enough scoring in that top six for the Hurricanes to be successful. And Marty Natchez is another name that you have to take into consideration about taking strides and scoring a little bit more. And, oh, by the way, on the blue line, you're anticipating having a full season of Dougie Hamilton. So there's a lot of things you can look at for the scoring and on defense. So there's lots of ways for us to look at what's happening on the blue line, Mr. Smith. I put it up to you. And by the way, I don't think that you were in another realm with that. I think you were pretty pretty on point with your assessment. Okay. Well, that's good to know. I'll give you that one. I know that you're not going to have a like it, keep it. I might. No. It depends how long we, we have until the segment. Absolutely not. But uh, if we are going to talk about the strength of the team, it is that blue line. Yeah. And, and it has been for a number of seasons and will be for a number of seasons. And a part of that blue line is Hayden Fleury, who recently signed a two-year contract. We talked to him now. Hayden, uh, congrats on the, the new contract. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, really excited to be back uh, 
in Raleigh for the next couple of years, and uh, it should be exciting. Just how thankful are you to get the process over with instead of you know going into arbitration? The fact that you settled this before you get to that point, and you know that you're going to be here for another couple of seasons. Uh, yeah, I think uh, you know arbitration is something in my right as a player after a certain amount of pro seasons, but it's not a you know a positive process that you want to go through with the team. Uh, you know, I never wanted to go. It was just something that you know you have a right to do, and just trying to get the best uh, contract negotiated. So, what have you been up to since uh, since getting back from the Toronto bubble a few months ago? Um, I went home, uh, got back to Calgary, actually uh, got engaged uh, to my, uh, you know, now fiance. Um, we ended up doing that uh, September long weekend. So I think September 1st or somewhere around there. And then we ended up buying a house uh, just where we've been in it for a couple of weeks. So it's been a busy uh, couple months for me, but, uh, you know, I've been skating and working out as well and going back to Raleigh uh, next Monday. I mean, between engagement, house, contract, it's been a it's been a yeah, it's good been a few quite, months. Quite quite the off season for you, even though it's not the yeah, normal time frame. Yeah, it's been a you know it's been a crazy time. It's uh, the days have been going by fast, uh, but no, that's how I like it. I was going to say at the same time when we talk about you know keeping yourself busy. What are you doing as far as hockey activities go? Because no one's really sure when the season's going to start. So what have you been doing to, you know, I guess to stay in shape or, or keep yourself ready for when we get the call that we're going to, to training camp, I'm ready to go. So just kind of what I've normally been doing in other summers, uh, skating with the same group of guys I have been for the past six years or so. we got a good group of guys to skate with. We've been going Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, and on Wednesdays we kind of gear up and play a kind of a full five-on-five five game because for, for those guys that didn't get to go to the bubble, they've been off for a lot longer than I have. So, you know, they're getting antsy as well. But, you know, the, the skates have been good. Uh, you know, the workouts have been good, just trying to stay in shape. Um, and, yeah, just, uh, you know, staying ready and keeping, uh, you know, my mentality, uh, you know, kind of zoned in and ready to go for when we do uh, get announced on campus. Is it is it challenging in a way not knowing when you're going to start up again and and kind of being out of the the routine of uh, of a normal season? I mean, right now we'd probably be on the road somewhere or, uh, or maybe gearing up for a game here in Raleigh. Is it is it challenging from that aspect, just uh, the abnormality of it and just being out of that routine? Yeah, it's weird, like being in Calgary when it's snowing and not being on a road trip. That's that's the weird part. It's not <laughs> that's what uh you know we had a foot of snow here the past week it ended up melting but you know going outside and shoveling my driveway that's the weird part of it it's not <laughs> i mean the hockey rinks are still the same it's still cold so that's not it but no it's i definitely prefer uh you know coming to calgary in the middle of winter just for a week-long road trip instead of being here for a full month and a half so when you see the phone ringing and it's Bill Berniston or a text from Billy B, the Kane strength and conditioning coach, do you return that text or call immediately or do you just let that sit for a couple of days? <laughs> he actually called me right when I signed, right when I got released. And he just called me to say, oh, you're overpaid. And then he <laughs> basically hung up. So the next one I'm going to decline. Yeah, smart, that's a smart play. Smart decision. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at, the, at the same time, though, is it weird, like you said, 
you should be playing hockey right now. It should be an NHL season. So are you appreciating that you're home during these months that pretty much for the last seven years of your life you haven't been, or do you don't think about it that way? Um, you know, it's hard to think about it that way just because we always do get, you know, you always do get time off and you always do get to spend time with your family and stuff. So it kind of just feels like the regular off season. It is cool to do like other things like, you know, my fiance, like she can go skiing and do that kind of stuff where, you know, we're not allowed to do that, but you know, there's other things you can do uh, this time of year that you can't do in the summer. So, you know, there's, you know, there's cool things to do, but I definitely prefer the, my off season to be in the summer and uh, you know, it's just, it'll be nice to get back to Raleigh to some good weather. Yeah. When do you plan on getting back to Raleigh? And is that, is that a process now with, with COVID? Do you have to quarantine or anything or uh, is it just kind of travel over the border and uh, get to your place here in Raleigh? Um, So I fly back uh, the ninth um, and it's a, it's a little bit of a process too. We got a dog that it's, you know, to get down there. So we've been preparing, getting paperwork filled out and all that stuff. And then, uh, once we get there, yeah, you gotta think I'll have to do, uh, maybe two tests or so to get back into it. And then be good to go from there. And then I guess you'll get to take to the ice at the, the new practice facility as well. Yeah, no, I'm really excited for that. It's really close to, you know, my townhouse that I have in Raleigh and, uh, no, I'm really excited. I heard it's, uh, you know, a beautiful facility and, you know, be a good, uh, It'll be a really good thing for our organization. How big was this season for you when we talk about taking steps forward? That I know this was a weird season for everybody, but you get your first, and I don't want to dwell on it because I know it was a thing and it shouldn't have been, but you get your first NHL goal. Did that like take a weight off of you? And then from that moment on, just how much do you think that you improved this year as a player where you fit in, you know your role in the league, not just with the team, but in the league? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think that was the biggest thing was, I mean, the goal was, I, I don't really put too much on the goal. I mean, the goal is nice because it, it has dragged out for a long time and you know, it, it is what it was. And, uh, but no, like where that was kind of, I knew I could play and that's kind of where the frustration was happening is I knew I could contribute and I felt ready. I felt that I was done with the American league. I thought winning a championship was a perfect way to go out and, you know, that didn't really happen off the start of the season. I thought I didn't play the way I wanted to. And, you know, then me and Trev were kind of going in and out, in and out. And then it was kind of hard to get in a rhythm. But once Dougie got hurt, I think I just said, you know what, just go and play how you can. Go play how you basically did in junior and just let the game come to you. And that's kind of what I did. And, you know, I got a few good bounces along the way and, you know, I just ended up, I got on a nice roll for myself and you know, took that all into playoffs. Well, I mean, if we, if we go by advanced metrics and that's what I think everybody does now, I don't, but everybody else does Hayden. Uh, you score a goal, uh, every four playoff games this year. I mean, that's like Paul coffee numbers. If we're talking offensive defensemen. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, that's okay. <laughs> we can leave that one out. No, at the, the goals are nice, though. The goals are nice. At, at the the same time, are things a little different now that you've got a brother in the league and you have? I'm sure he calls you for advice and things, what to do, and uh, that he's he's had. Or do you just let him find his way? Or has, has that been nice to have somebody else you could call who kind of goes through the same things that you do? And oh, by the way, he's my brother. Yeah, no, it's uh, you know it's good. I was really happy for him when he made Montreal last year. He worked. Uh, you know, extremely hard and had a re- really good camp for himself there in Montreal and kind of 
kind of came out of nowhere. If you're really being honest, no one really expected him to make the team. They knew he had a good year in Laval the year before, but they weren't really expecting him to make the team. And, you know, he makes the team. We play him in his first game, and you know, he got that breakaway in Raleigh, and my heart almost came out of my body. I was so <laughs> nervous because I hadn't scored yet. I played, like, 90-some games or so, and then he gets a breakaway first game. I was like, oh, my God. But, no. It's uh, and it's good. Uh, you know, it's good to spend some time with him here. He's uh, you know, I've been skating with him lots, and you know, just good to see how much he's improved. I think you don't really sometimes you don't get an appreciation for a guy when you only play him twice a year, and you know, it's good to see all the things he's been doing. Um, you know, in Montreal and stuff is uh, you know, paying off, and you know, hopefully we can play in this league for a long time together or against each other. With your contract uh, signed now. The, the defense is, is pretty much set for next season. And uh, when you look at the names up and down the lineup, I mean, it's it's very impressive. What do you think are some of the, the biggest strengths of this team's blue line? And, and where does it stack up against uh, the rest of the league? I think, I mean, the first thing, skating ability. The second thing is probably puck moving. And then, you know, defending, I think. I mean, Slavo has got all the accolades for a reason. And Pasha, I mean, but... Slavo's been all, finally getting recognized for his play the past three seasons that has really just elevated him to be one of the best defensive defensemen, if not defensemen in the league. And, you know, I think the rest of us just kind of think everyone's learning what they do best. And I think everyone brings that to the table. But I think the main thing is we all can skate. We can all move the puck. And then from there, we all do a little bit, things a little bit differently. And, uh, you know, things that make us unique. But I think, you know, the skating is the, biggest thing in this league right now. I think we all do that extremely well. Going back to when you were drafted, you know, seventh overall, Hayden, everybody thinks that if you're first, you know, top 10 pick, you know, life's on easy street and everything's handed to you. But I've always been curious, was there, do you put pressure on yourself? You're like, oh, I have to live up to being selected here. Or as you've described yourself, you're happy, go lucky. You can't think like that. Or is there this pressure of, all right, I got to prove everybody why I got selected here. Uh, I don't think it's a pressure, really. I think, you know, I'm confident in myself. And I'm confident in my ability at what I can do. And, you know, I, I really think that, you know, what I did and at the end of the season in the playoffs, I don't think that was an accident. I think that was just the natural progression of me playing in the NHL and getting more comfortable and confident. And I think, you know, if I think that was just the start. I think, you know, I'm, you know, preparing to have a really big season for myself. I think the playoffs was a, a great way to end for myself, not for the team, but I think it's just the start. And, you know, if, if that's what it, if, you know, if those last 20 games are the best I have in the NHL, I'll be really disappointed in myself. But saying that the, the playoff run this year, as opposed to last year, did it feel different? Like you guys finally got that first one out of the way. Did it feel different? You knew what to expect. And then you go to that Boston series. I, I know it doesn't break the way the, that the team wants it to, but it felt completely different from the Eastern Conference Finals. Like any a bounce here or there, and it could have been the Hurricanes moving on to the second round. Yeah, absolutely. I think you know the series was definitely closer than four one. It just yeah, it's just little things that throughout that series they seem to get a lot of the bounces, and you know what they've earned those bounces. They've been you know doing that for ten years. Those guys and their core and. You know, we have a younger core, but you know what? We're, uh, you know, we're learning. We're still getting better. And, you know, we're, you know, these bumps along the way are just going to make us, uh, you know, stronger when we do get by those guys. Aiden Fleury, 
back on Instagram, underscore Fleur, underscore 96. How do we get you to be an influencer? What can we do? I think I need a, a check mark first. I, I think that's oh. the first thing. Yeah, that's true. Right, we'll talk yeah, to I, people. You can't, you can't influence anything without a check mark nowadays. So <laughs> we'll get our people on it. See, I don't. I don't <laughs> believe that you can. You can break that mold where you don't need the check mark to be an influencer. And but and you you're know, like, you're international too. You're Canada <laughs> and the United States. You've got two countries behind you. That's what I mean. That's why I need a check mark. Yeah, I think we can make it happen. Oh, Bieber has a check mark. We can get one for Hayden Flurry. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a few more followers. Oh, whatever. They're all <laughs> Russian you. bots. That's okay. We'll work on it. He uh, bought them all. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna build this one at a time. Uh, Michael talked about the the blue line and how impressive it is. I I'm gonna go in a different direction with this. Uh, is Brady Shea the leader in the clubhouse? And you know why I'm using that term as far as golf no. ability right now. Or are no. you are you the Masters champion? Who's going to get the green jacket if we we put you guys out there? You know what? We play very different styles of golf. I would consider myself an, a competitor the whole way through. I, I don't think I ever give up on the golf course. And sometimes I put myself in some bad spots. They're going to grind it out, but... <laughs> No, Shazy is a, you know, he's a really good golfer and we have really good matches. I think, you know, I think he might have the better of me at close. I don't know, but I, I like to think if I'm, if I'm playing good, I can get him. But, you know, we lost our best golfer, Willie retired. So he's, so I think the, the throne is up for grabs when he gets back this year. We'll have to see who's the champ. Well, that just means Willie has more time for golf. Yeah, yeah, but he doesn't it, need more time. Yeah, but again, if you're not in the room, can you can't That's be true. the champion, right? Yeah, yeah. No, he's not. Willie's no longer the champ. He can come to the champions' dinner. <laughs> <laughs> he gets the invite. By the way, breaking news here on Kane's cast about Justin Williams' golf status with the team. Uh, I, I'm just. Are you thinking about maybe retooling your game, going Bryson DeChambeau, and just becoming like the long drive champion, and then only having to chip and putt for everything? I don't think my back could handle what he does to a golf ball. I think it's just, it's just leave it to him to do. I think I like the, the short game and that kind of stuff. My golfers, I like Justin Thomas, Steve, all those kind of guys where it's not, I mean, JT takes a good swipe at it, but the short game is kind of what gets him going. All right. We're not doing anything that, that tampers with your back. So you just keep playing yeah. nice and easy then. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Well, the weather's looking good down here for golf, so yeah. we look forward to to getting you back in Raleigh. Uh, congrats on the engagement. Yep. Congrats on the house. Absolutely. Congrats on the new contract. Absolutely. Although the engagement probably number one in the order of things that has happened so far. Yeah, for sure. Just putting that out there. Yeah. Uh, uh, Hayden, we didn't invite you, you to. Very much. No, no, we didn't invite you to golf with us. But the mental scarring from you watching me and Michael Smith play. You might quit the game, so we're not going to do that to you. Yeah, I mean, I haven't played golf since probably high school, so no telling what would happen if I got out on the course. (laughs) We could play a different kind of golf. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, great. Oh, putt-putt, you're done. It's all over. Yeah, putt-putt. Forget I'll drive the Fun Park or Adventureland. (laughs) Done. Done and done. Hayden, thanks so much, and again, congratulations on on all of the things this offseason that have come your way. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, sounds good. Thank you, guys. And go Heels. Thank you. Our thanks to Hayden Fleury. I will admit, I'll come clean. I cut that interview off right after I said go Heels.
He responded with, Go Duke. Which is why I trimmed that interview short. Why? It's just, you know. And see, now I feel awful because I have the final say on editing these things, and I was going to edit out your Go Heels, and you were demonstrative. Yes. No, that stays in. Yeah, that's that's in. That's in the final uh, final edit. And I don't know how to feel about this because I'm like, go heels to lose to Virginia? Like, do I now go into the mud with you or do I stay above the fray? And you know what? I don't know. Now you've put me in the bad spot. You're in the bad place. I am. <laughs> I, was counting, I, I was counting on you to do the right thing. Well, Hayden Fleury, despite his collegiate allegiance... It's a nice little phrase. Well said. Is uh, I don't want to give you points. Now, I already gave you points on the show, and now you've taken them away. He's in the good place. Um, that was a, a lovely chat with him. And make sure you follow him. He's back on Instagram. Yes. Underscore Fleur underscore 96. Or just search Hayden Fleury on Instagram. You'll find You'll him. You'll find him. We need to get him a blue check mark. We'll work on that. We need to make him an influencer. Yeah. And especially after he was just done dirty by Michael Smith. <laughs> The web's Michael Smith pulling out deceitful tactics. I thought that we're only a day away from not having to deal with that anymore. And here you are. I think I deserve five stars for that. Here you are on November 2nd. Why? Why? Can't we we get along? Well, I wish, yes. But you're the one who did that. He's a nice fellow. It's all in good fun. He had a good laugh, but we laughed. We were laughing. Speaking of uh, November 2nd. I feel like Ed right now. Garth, if I gave you $20 out of my wallet, that'd make you feel better. Ron, I'm sorry, but I have to fire you. (laughs) You're fired. Bing, bang, boom. You were on the Express A train. Sorry. Oh, it was all in good fun. Sure. Should have just left the interview rolling and we could have just... But it was more fun to troll him oh my gosh at least i didn't hang up on him we chatted after that interview ended for quite a while and don't you feel worse about it that stayed on the phone and chatted yeah the second we we say we're done with people on interviews they hang up when we say can't even get the out of thanks in there or you can hear the phone hang up oh he's gone and he wanted to have a conversation with us and we did and we had a lovely conversation and i don't see like i don't subscribe to this like you you want me to be part of, of this. You got to like this. You got to like that. I like America. I do too. So you can like whoever you want to like in America. Uh, yes. I'm I trying would. to be a shining light. I'm trying to be a beacon. I'm trying to bring sides together. And you, You're sir. to bridge gaps. You, sir. Bridges. You, sir, are why we in the media have a bad name. I went to school. Oh, that has nothing to do with it. At the University of North Carolina. I went to the State College of Buffalo at New York. Buff State. Absolutely. I can say that I do not like Canisius or the University. Yeah, take that, Canisius. Or the University of Buffalo. Canisius is, by the way, made a couple appearances in the NCAA tournament. Or Cortland. I don't care for Ithaca. But that's another story. Or Syracuse. But I know people who go there, and if they like their teams, I don't get mad at them about it. Well, I I'm not mad at Fleurs. I'm just kindly ribbing him. You didn't let him Duke. get his. You didn't let him get his last words out. It's because it's our podcast. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> well, clearly, you can. Damn straight. All right, fine, <laughs> fine. You sow the seeds of division. It's okay. 
Because and I'll just try to plant the tree of hope. Anyway, speaking of November 2nd. By the way, if anybody knows me, they know that's not correct. <laughs> you used to work in talk radio. Oh, yes, I, I know did. how it works. Oh, God. Uh, but it's my favorite question. Will you go back? What do you think? Yeah, this, this is... Uh, Right, we're podcasting now. I'll make that's this is this scratches that itch, right? Exactly. You've you've a microphone yeah. and a, an interview. Exactly. And, you now made me remember all of the people who give you poison ivy in that industry. Thank you. Oh, I thought I was going to get the the rim shot on oh, no, that one. It's not ready yet. Oh, well, give it okay. a second though. Here you we want go. Me too. Thank you. Bang. Uh, speaking of the today is November second when we're recording this Monday. Yes. Tomorrow is Tuesday, November third. Yes, it it's is a big day in the United States where most of our Canescast listeners reside. Uh, Although to our friends in Finland, Canada, and all over this great world, thank you for listening. Yes, thank you for listening. Uh, oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> That's staying in. I thought I you, you changed it. I think you meant this one. Thank you. That's what I meant. Thanks for listening. Um. Um, oh, I thought that was the other thank you. No. She voted already. Oh, by the way, uh, we're gonna get, I'm going to get to my point eventually, but uh, that sound drop reminds me, the Borat 2 is hilarious. We already have Bill Berniston probably mad at us. Let's not do the movie review just oh, yet. Oh, he was mad at us in that interview. <laughs> so he's, he's totally tuned out now. <laughs> oh, no. Well, he's still tuned no, in. No, he listens But he's now. fuming. Exactly. <laughs> he's about to throw his phone across the room um november 3rd yes what we're trying to say is uh exercise your right to vote uh make a plan if you're gonna go out to the polls i know you can't vote early anymore if you if you're in north carolina you can still uh send in your absentee ballot it's just got to be postmarked by election day so it's so it's got to be in the mail today yeah or you could take it to the board of elections yes um make a plan today tomorrow as you're listening to the, if you're listening to this on Monday and get yourself to the polls and I don't know if you subscribe to this theory but I truly do voting is how your voice gets heard yeah and I know a lot of people through a lot of years have become disenfranchised with the process but you have to vote and my feeling is if you don't vote then don't come to me and be upset with the the repercussions of, of an election or what's happening in your town or something that's political because this is the way that democracy works. So if you just want to complain about democracy and not take part, I don't want to hear it. Yes, please vote November 3rd. Again, in vote. If you're in the United States. Like people, when people hear this, I'm very much like Tommy Lee Jones in The Fugitive when people think, you know, it's one, I, I don't care. I don't care what way you vote. You vote the way that you feel that the country should go or Again, that, we're that the county bridges. should go. Exactly. That's what I do. So when people hear this, just vote. And whoever you feel is best for the job, just get out and vote. That's all I implore people to do. Because if you don't, apathy is truly the biggest enemy of democracy. My goodness, what's going on with me today? There we go. I feel, I feel like I'm stumping. Like I'm being possessed by John Stewart. <laughs> well, there are worse people to be possessed by, that I guess. That's true. I can think of a few. <laughs> I have I have 987, and that's just off the top of my head. 
Uh, but speaking of polls. Oh, great. The NHL Network. Why do you keep dragging me back into my talk radio roots here today? <laughs> We're segueing. There's one segue after another here. All right. The NHL Network released uh, their list of the top 20 defensemen in the NHL right now. Do we know who comprised this list from NHL Network? Like, who were the voters? It's the NHL Network Brain Trust, I guess. Okay. They also solicited fans uh, to uh, submit their own version of the list. <clears throat> Gotta say, kind of like the fan list more than the NHL Network I list. I think the fan list was slightly more accurate. Two Hurricanes appear on both lists. Dougie Which Hamilton they should. And Jacob Slavin. Uh, Dougie Hamilton is 7th on the NHL Network list. Jacob Slavin is 17th on the NHL Network list. The fans have Slavin at ninth and Dougie Hamilton at 11th. If we expanded this list, I know this is a crazy Ivan Hunt for Red October question I'm throwing at you right now. How far would we have to expand it to say that Brett Pesci would be on this list? I would Top say 30? far, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think we would go much past 30. Clearly, I don't think we'd... If we if we expanded this to a top 50, I think that the Hurricanes would have four guys in the top 50 when we talk about defensemen in the National Hockey League. Yeah. It's pretty... That's a pretty good thing to be on. Pretty good list to have. Yeah, it's... I mean, again, certainly the team's strength now and for, I would say, years to come, especially when you look at the contract structures of Jacob Slave and Brett Pesci. Um, Brady Shea, even. Uh, but we'll wait to see where Dougie Hamilton's contract goes. Yeah, that's that's a. We'll a wait to mark. we'll wait to see the development of Hayden Flurry. If Hayden Flurry continues this arc of going up, yep, yeah, we'll see where this all goes for the Canes. Yeah, really liked his game, as he mentioned after Dougie Hamilton got hurt, he kind of had the opportunity to step in and assume that full time role. Really, I think blossomed in the playoffs. And now for the first time in his career is entering the season as a top six yes. defenseman. There's no question as to whether or not Hayden Fleury is going to play right. night in and night out for the Hurricanes anymore. And that's for, I would have to imagine for him confidence wise, that's a huge boost. Hope so. And, you know, hopefully we see him, uh, you know, continue to bring his game from the end of last season, from the playoffs right into this year. And, you know, as we mentioned on the interview, he got the monkey off his back with the first NHL goal in Anaheim, continued to score some goals in the playoffs. And that's, you know, that's what the Hurricanes saw in Fleury when they drafted yes. him seventh overall. And that's why it was, <clears throat> when I asked the question, and, and look, Hayden Fleury has been around the block for a while now at 24 years old uh, when he gets drafted. That's why I was curious about the pressure of, like, do you ever get to this point? Was he ever sitting there going, man, I'm, I'm a top 10 pick. I should be in the league by now. I should be an everyday player. Do you have that pressure? Does it fuel you or does it, you know, pressure can do one of two things. It can create a diamond or it can crush things. And that's why I, I love his attitude towards how he goes about things. And we'll see where he is moving forward. But, Let's check out the lists now, Mike. Yeah, let's at uh, the list. Let's go with the NHL Network's list. Okay. I could basically just ask you. You keep changing this on me, and now I'm reaching, and we keep getting <laughs> applause. Thank you. Uh, that sign says applause. Yeah. 
This sign says, Thank you. And if you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. You sending this list back? Yes. All right, let's tell them why you're sending it back. I don't like it. Well, let's read the list. Okay. You want to go descending or ascending order? We'll go descending. All right. From 20 to 1, the NHL Network's top 20 defensemen list. Ready? Yep. Morgan Riley of the Toronto Maple Leafs at 20. Here's the thing. I don't really have, you know, you can put whoever on the list. I think my biggest beef with it is... They're not 16 defensemen in the NHL better than Well, we, let's get to let's get okay. to it. Ryan Ellis at 19 for Nashville, Eric Carlson at 18 for the Sharks, Jacob Slavin of your Carolina Hurricanes at 17, Shea Weber of Montreal at 16, Drew Doughty of the LA Kings at 15, Shea Theodore of the Vegas Golden Knights at 14, Brent Burns of the Sharks at 13, Zach Wierenski of the Columbus Blue Jackets at 12, Quinn Hughes of the Vancouver Canucks at 11, Miro Heiskanen of the Dallas Stars at 10, Charlie McAvoy of the Boston Bruins at 9, Chris Letang of the Pittsburgh Penguins at 8, Dougie Hamilton of your Carolina Hurricanes at 7, Cal McCarr of the Colorado Avalanche at 6, Seth Jones of the Columbus Blue Jackets at 5, Alex Pietrangelo of the Vegas Golden Knights, now formerly of the Blues, at four. John Carlson of the Caps at three. Roman Yossi of the Predators at two. And Victor Hedman of the Tampa Bay Lightning at one. I don't have too much of an argument with the reigning Norris Trophy champion and the reigning Conn Smythe Trophy winner being one and two, respectively. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally fine with that. I guess you could make an argument for Carlson in the top five, maybe. I don't know. Seth Jones. I really like Seth Jones. I like Alex Pietrangelo as well. Yeah. Uh, as far as if we're talking about, if we said you're drafting a team today and these are the defensemen that are available, Hedman, Yossi, Pietrangelo, and Jones are probably my top four names on my draft board. But after that, I'm going Jacob Slavin. And I know, look, Kane's cast. I know people are going to think that we're biased. And we're not. Not yeah. on this one. I'm not. We are to an extent, but I think objectively but, when you look at it. But I think where our bias comes in is we see it every night. Yeah, that's true. And it's, it's. I think for some people they watch and it's not 20 goals or it's not 65 points. And that's how defensemen now seem to be measured. Look, Cal McCarr is going to be fabulous. Uh, and, and one day he will really be cemented as a top 10 defenseman in, in the league. I think Miro Heiskanen in Dallas yeah. is is by far and away the defenseman that you look at at the Dallas Stars and say, he does everything and he does it well. Yeah, I like Quinn Hughes a lot, and he quarterbacks the power play and gets lots of points. Those three players should not be ahead of Jacob Slavin right now if no. we're talking about best defensemen in the NHL. Right. They're very good, and they're going to be – I shouldn't even say very good. They are great, and they are going to be excellent in their career as long as they keep keep like this. But right now, if I needed to win a game today, Jacob Slavin's on my team. Yeah, 100%. I'm not so sure about. I'm not so sure about Quinn Hughes. Now, if you tell me I need a quarterback for a power play, or I can have these guys for ten years starting today, like all. But if we're talking about a game today, Jacob Slavin yeah. is a guy that I have a hard time putting a lot of names in front of. Yeah, I. Uh, for me, he's top five. In the NHL. Um, 
I, you, you could make an argument for top six, but at that point you're splitting hairs. To to rank to rank him seventeenth is yeah. a bit of a head scratcher. I mean, again, I, I get that that all of these things, Norris Trophy included, skew to the defensemen who also contribute offensively. Yes, and Jacob Slavin's game is progressing in that direction. But if you're looking for a guy who's going to shut down the opposition and do it regularly and make it look easy in the process, night after night, shift after shift, that's Jacob yeah. Slavin. And I like Dougie Hamilton on this list a I lot. do too, yeah. I'm, I'm glad he's on this list. I'm glad he's in the top 10 because I think Dougie should be in the top 10. But I think even if we were to talk to Dougie Hamilton – he would tell us the reason why things opened up for him this year the way that they did is he plays next to Jacob Slavin. And if you talk to Jacob Slavin, he'll tell you the exact same thing. Well, I get to play next to Dougie Hamilton. So I think that those guys should be next to each other on this list. Right, which is why the fan list, to me, makes a little more sense because Jacob Slavin is ninth and Dougie Hamilton is 11th. That's a bit, I think, more in line it's still the list still has some flaws. Oh, the the fans list where we talk about getting it right. Um, again, Hedman you, and Yossi one two. You you don't see Alex Pietrangelo on the fans list, and that kind of goes back to him. Like, well, uh, you do it not in the top ten. You see him at fourteen. At yeah, but you know, here's a guy who on the NHL Network list is four. Yeah, and he falls ten spots on the fans list pretty important player yep. to that Blues run in, in what they've done. Uh, again, you run down all of these young players, like Cal McCarr is going to be fantastic. Going to be, but, you know, this isn't Bobby Orr. This isn't Paul Coffey, like, on their, their rookie years. Um, there's there's other players we can run down to. I think Drew Doughty gets a lot. Uh, you and I, think, differ on Drew Doughty. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I I'm a big fan of Drew Doughty. I've got a lot of time in the world for Drew Doughty. Uh, is he what he was during the Kings winning the Stanley Cups? Probably not. Right. But can he? Is he now? Are we judging him because the Kings have become a bad team? Yeah. Or, you know, he's not at his A level, so the Kings aren't can't be good. Yeah. Hard time putting it on one guy. Yeah. Again, I just you know when he's ranked ahead of Slavin on both lists, it's kind of a head scratcher. And I like Chris Letang when he's on the ice. Right, when he's, yeah, playing. And he's, you know, a difference maker. Clearly Pittsburgh's best defenseman. But if you ask Pittsburgh right now, would you rather have Chris Letang or Jacob Slavin? Or Dougie Hamilton? Like, when I look at this list, that's how I that's how I formulate this. Yeah. like, um, And that's that's the list. Top 20 defensemen right now. So you're saying right now. Who would you rather have? Exactly. That's how I look at these lists. Now, this is where I can understand when people like Cal McCarr for these lists. Because, again, back to what I did for years and years, Michael, I could make a case for everybody being anywhere on the list if sure. I really sat down and wanted to. Yeah. But, like, Heiskanen, McCarr, and Hughes, just focusing on them, I can get why people would say, yeah, I'd rather have them right now because more offense and they're young and they're only going to get better. Potential, yeah. I, I get all of that. Yep. But if you're asking me today who would I want, and this is where our bias does come in. We're around Jacob Slavin all the time. Right. We see it all the time. I, I, I'm i glad he's on this list. Uh, for me, I think that's a huge step that he's in the top 20, and the fans have put him in the top 10. And you know, 
whenever I hear any pundits, any experts talk about him, they just rave about how good he is. And we keep hearing the, oh, you know, he's undercover. He's, you know, not getting the recognition he deserves. Well, he deserves it. So it's time to start talking about that. And then Dougie Hamilton, for me, was going to be a Norris Trophy finalist because of the points, how he was playing this year uh, before the injury in Columbus. This is a guy who deserves to be in the top 20. Yeah, I agree. So I'll allow you to split the hairs, or do we just say, hey, they're at least getting recognized that they're in the top 20 on both lists? Yeah, I think we can I think we can say both. I think yeah, it's great that they're both getting recognized, uh, both by uh, the league, I guess, at large, NHL Network, uh, and also by the fans who, you know, maybe not see these guys like we do 82 nights a year or however many games end up getting played. Um but at the same time, I think we can gripe about the positioning a little bit. And it's it's fair, I think. It's fair. I like, uh, you know, it's it's good to see them both get recognized, but uh, they're certainly not 16 defensemen better than Jacob Slavin in the NHL right now. But that's, I mean, with lists like this, it's not definitive. It's really an opinion. It's yeah, subjective. It's it's not Jacob. Uh, the the Hurricanes aren't gonna, you know, this isn't gonna factor into some contract no, negotiations. But if you want to, if you want to do a real accurate list, I think you have to ask the players. Yeah, and, and even then, players have their bias because if right. the guy's on my team, I'm gonna bump him up over. Or if you're playing against someone uh, six nights a year versus one, you you might have a different opinion about someone else. See, if you want to put a real list together for this, hear me out. You take the top 10 offensive players in the game and you ask them who are the best defensemen. And I think you get a completely different list. Yeah. But Jacob Slavin's on that list. I would think so, yeah. I would think so. You ask Connor McDavid, you ask Alex Ovechkin, they're putting Jacob Slavin on that list. Yeah. McDavid only has to see him twice a year, which good for him. Ovechkin's got to deal with him four times a four year. Four times. Crosby's got to deal with him four times a year. Yeah. I mean, we can put whatever names you want as far as the top 10 offensive players go, but like that's it. Or, and that's how I want to find out who are the best, who are the best offensive players. You ask the, you know, 10 of the best defensemen in the league or yeah. 20 of the best defensemen in the league. It would be, I, I or would, goalies, however you want to look at it. Yeah. I, and I wonder how the list would differ too, if you would ask uh, coaches or uh, pro scouts who regularly see, you know, a wide swath of players. That would be an interesting one to do. Yeah. Just food for thought. Yeah, food for thought. Jacob Slavin's better than 17th. Agreed. Oh, that's good. Yeah. The uh, the NHL Network, more lists are coming uh, every Sunday. Top 20 wings right now will be on November 8th. Top 20 centers right now will be November 15th. And top 10 goalies right now will be November 22nd. And then they'll just run through yeah. the top 50 player list. Uh, in December. Well, if Gabriel Skate's not number one on the wings list, then fraudulent. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> fraudulent list. <laughs> I have to rank them there myself. Thank you. Thank good? you. All right. Yeah, I'm, we- <laughs> I was going to reach, but I wasn't sure. Yeah. Um, I've got uh, one of these for you. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. A stunning upset in episode 147 of the Canescast. I'm sorry. If you went with the Vegas line, if Michael Smith did not have one, you have lost. But don't worry, they'll be next week. So top 20 wings next week and top 20 centers the week after that. The Hurricanes will have representation on both lists. 
Yes, for the wings. I'll t- oh, golly. Andrei Svechnikov for the wings? All right, I'm going to take it and say yes. Andrei Svechnikov, Tavo Teravainen. Yep, could be one. Yep. I think that we're going to run down this list, uh, at least on the NHL network experts. I don't know if the fans will put Teravainen on that list because it's wings, right? It's not right wing and left yeah, wing. Just it's all wings. All wings, yeah. Right. I'm going to say yes to both, uh, and Sebastian Ajo's on the list. Yeah. He'll probably be around 17, 18, 19. Yeah, I was going to say 15 or somewhere yeah. in the neighborhood. He'll, of be, he'll be in that 15 to 20 range. The Wings one's going to be tough. I think Svechnikov well, just, should be on there. Yeah, there's so but there's many. so many that you're you're looking at right now. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to say yeah. I'll take it. Well done, Mr. There Smith. So he worked it right in we, there. We, we went long enough, and you came up with a like it, keep it. Got the old gears turning. Good for you. I had a week to refresh and, you know, I'm come up with topics for the podcast. quite certain that you just made that up during this taping. I did. Yeah. All right. Got me. Good. We're fine. <laughs> uh, mine goes back to a topic we were talking about with the Carolina Hurricanes and how they were built. You already this had is, one. This is, you yeah, have another one? But I got another one. Oh, okay. Well, I just worked the one into the list yeah. that was already out there. This is a, a broader NHL topic. We are going to see a major trade before this upcoming season starts. Just in the league as a whole? In the league as a whole. I'm not going to even mm-hmm. ask you to say what it would be, but we're going to see a major trade, or everybody's going to go into this season where we are right now here on November 2nd. It's hmm. an interesting one. I'll take it, just because I'm a fan of general chaos and things happening and I don't know I don't know if it'll happen cuz I don't know you know cap space is at such a premium right now but you know maybe a team really wants to sign Mike Hoffman and they don't have the cap space to do it so they have to you know free up some space I don't know I think there's still room out there for for something to happen I still can't believe Mike Hoffman as of taping this episode of the podcast is still out there still out there Cap space. Cap space. And, you know, who knows what he's looking for versus what teams yeah. are offering. And now that Taylor Hall has signed the one-year deal, maybe he has to go for, you know, there certain factors at play. Sure. But, yeah, I mean, free agency was heavily impacted this year by the flat cap because teams just, you know, maybe had one wish list in mind in January, and, you know, five months later that list is thrown into chaos with you on that all right i just wanted to find out if you think that we'd see a big deal yeah might as well let's do it let's all right. shake some things up i hope you're right Make i'm with it you interesting i'm with you i like when trades happen trades are interesting because otherwise you know what what are we gonna have to talk about for a couple of months figure it out more list we'll yes. just argue about more lists we can do that or movies Ooh. or we have how many episodes of the mandalorian to talk about but just much right like now much like star wars movies We'll put the moratorium on when we can talk about it. Sorry sorry to our good friend. This is Bill Bernstein coming to you live from the Canes locker room. Just saying. We'll but wait. Early returns on the first episode. Oh, episode, I one was, episode one was very good. Chapter nine, I believe yes, it is. Yes, chapter nine. It, so what, we're going to get eight more chapters this year? I think so. It's really good. 
it, it doesn't it doesn't disappoint. That's the best way that I can put it because yeah. I think season one was so good. Yeah, the first episode there was a lot to it. Um, it was a bit longer than some of last season's episodes yeah. too. Yeah. I think it was like an hour and five minutes or a little bit longer, but it, it moves. Yeah, you'll enjoy it. And there is wait. there is a moment that every Star Wars fan is going to be like. <gasps> I'm very excited. Oh, you should be. And, and again, I have if not you haven't watched Borat 2. Subsequent movie film? It's exactly what we needed in 2020. I think between Borat and The Mandalorian, 2020 might not, might be saved. It might be saved. Let's not get crazy, okay? Yeah, let's pump the brakes. Maybe yeah. We'll circle back next week. Yeah. And How about you sit this play out if that's your thought? 2020, how about you sit this next play out? Yeah, please. Hey, we're in November. We're one day closer to 2020 being over. Still roughly, what, 60 days left in this year? Yep. And, I mean, we're losing legends left and right. Sean Connery's gone. Yeah. Who forever. I'm, we, you're not a James Bond guy, are you? No, not really. I am. He is, for me, that's James Bond. Mm-hmm. Uh, because not just because he was the first, but he was the best. He made the character come to life, and I think everybody else gets modeled after that. I, I totally understand People who have other Bonds who are favorites, like my father-in-law loves the Roger Moore Bonds. My dad loves the Sean Connery Bonds. I'm Sean Connery on Bond, but I, I really think that if you're going to run down the list of all of them, Daniel Craig has been great, but it was a different reboot of Bond. They made it kind of grittier in the era of the Jason Bourne, you know, Mission Impossible movies like that. They had to make it a little grittier, but Daniel Craig has been awesome as Bond because he's got some of the Connery suaveness. Roger Moore, a little cheeky. You know, using a British term for you. Yeah. You watch Peaky Blinders, so I figured that would be right in your wheelhouse. Wonderful show. I have not watched it. Oh. I know. I need to. I know. You have to. I know. It's I know. delightful. I know. I'll, I'll eventually get around to it. You know, it's, I've had so much to do. I wonder, uh, Bonds, you know, how... People kind of have the bond they identify with. Yep. It's probably the same with like Doctor Who too, eh. you know, because there's yeah, a I guess doctor. so. I've, I that was a that's something I've never gotten into. Yeah, same. Uh, but for me, the role Sean Connery's best role is in the movie The Untouchables when he played Malone, the cop who helped Elliot Ness. Go, just go watch that; it was great. And then, of course, The Hunt for Red October, as Marco Ramius, the captain of the nuclear sub Red October. That's one of those movies, like, I walk into a room, I'm like, all right, well, I'm watching this now. Yeah. Even if they're commercials. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't, I do not flip past The Hunt for Red October. Yeah. You got one of those? Um, like, people say that Shawshank Redemption is one of them. But yeah. you got a movie, it's like, if that's on, all right, I'm in. It's, for me, it's the most random of movies. Like, Forgetting Sarah Marshall is one that I will just watch through commercials. Coco was on last night. I can watch that one. I, I love forgetting Sarah Marshall, but if it's on, right, no, it's got to be yeah. the unedited version. Oh, well, yeah, that's that's true. That's true. But I was so, going to listen to it, but then I just went on with my life. Russell Brand, you don't have to like him, but he was amazing in that movie. He was so good. The, the whole cast was, it was amazing. Um, I think I might have actually seen that film first like with commercials on TV and then graduated to the the true 
I don't know if it's PG thirteen or R, but oh, it's R. Way better. Oh, it's it's R. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I wasn't sure. For one scene alone, it's R. <laughs> it's a good movie. Okay. Borat, also a good movie. All Borat right. 2. And, and 1, if you haven't seen the first one by now. Uh, guess what question I've been uh, asked the most lately? Um, Very random thing to say. When is hockey coming back? No. Oh. <laughs> Have you had Swedish pizza yet? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm just bringing that out for any listeners who wonder why we talk about food. Yeah, uh, I have not had Swedish pizza yet. Nor have I. Well, we can't get it here, to my knowledge. It's true. Unless we, know we open someone, it up. Yeah, we know someone who could make Swedish pizza. I think, though, I think we could make it. We just throw whatever's in our I, We can't pantry. make it. We would need an authentic Swedish cook. Notice I didn't say chef. <laughs> to come in and make it. Yeah. Short pork. We might have to uh, take a trip to Sweden when we can, when we're allowed to. Yeah, uh, or just, I don't know. we we got to find a way to get our hands on some. Maybe Jesper knows a place that can. Uh, there's got to be a place maybe in New York. There are so many types of pizza one would, out there. One would think. But, but again, it's not safe to really travel like that right now, so. When we can, we will investigate. When we can. I just wanted to bring that up because I've been asked that question three times in the past week. That was the big talking point from our interview with Jesper Foss was Swedish pizza. Yeah. I don't know what our big talking point from the Hayden Flurry interview. Maybe the end. Uh, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the end was great. <sighs> thank you. No, not thanking you. Fused to on that one. Yeah, that's 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 more how the end was. We had a high point. Things were going good. We were laughing, and we we continued to laugh. If if Hayden listens to this, which for his sake I hope that he does, just to find out exactly what kind of person he was dealing with at the end of the interview. I came clean. No, I had to rat you out. No, I which goes against my people. I came clean at, you know, after the interview. Oh, at the, at the very the, end. To the people. The very end, where it was sudden. But but to Flurry, yeah, you you uh, you let him know what happened. Yes! I could have just hung up on him like, a, like one of the morning zoo radio hosts. We're not, we're, we're not in the Northeast, eh? Yeah, we don't just hang up on people for having funny accents. No. God. Don, Don, Don. Yeah, that's... I still can't believe you. You're the nicest human being I know, except when it comes to that stuff. I it's it's a friendly. He would have done the same had he been in charge of the podcast. <laughs> but he's not in charge of the podcast. It's our podcast. Well, it, it doesn't even feel like mine right now. I wasn't in on this, and we lost. You know, Trevor Van Riemsdyk. Yes, we did. Big heels fan. Yep. He he brought balance to the force in the locker room. Well, no. He was outnumbered. Hayden Fleury is the rebellion in this thing. I think, uh, ooh, another guy. Born on the plains of Red Deer, in Calgary, where there are two sons. But they at least, they, they set. Hey, guy. They, yeah, you know, they sat next to each other, so there was that yin and yang. Yes. 
now we just have the gang. Well, considering I know a lot of the people in the organization that all went to UNC. Organization. Exactly. They provide as much offense as they can. And we go from there. All right. Just saying. And now I feel like I have to get dragged into the, I feel like Han Solo. No, no, no. I just want to I just want to smuggle my gear and just go and do what I do. You can be a, a neutral third party. Now I have a very bad feeling about this. There it is. You're welcome. It's a good line. <laughs> I'm so glad it was the rim shot. Keep forgetting that's It's okay. Thank you. There we go. The rim shot's pretty good, though. It is. <laughs> Wouldn't mind that to be more in the regular rotation. All right. Well, uh, we'll get out of here. Yeah, we should. I think we've overstayed our welcome. We have. It's okay. Don't worry. We'll be back next week. Episode 148 of the Canes Cast. But that'll do it for this episode. For the webs, Michael Smith. And TV's Mike Meniscalco. We'll talk to you next week. Moy moy. Don't cut me off. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you all for listening to this <laughs> podcast. Okay, I got it. I got it. I got it. Let's go. I'm going to hit the music. Oh, I got to start first. I'm going to keep all of this. Let's just do that. (laughs) Welcome to the show, everybody. I have been dipping into the storm brew. All right. Here we go. It's episode... Oh, golly. <laughs> Struggling. Here we go. I need an outtakes at the end. Yep. <laughs>